Hello everybody and welcome to Broom Vagoon Cycling Made Inclusive. How are you doing out there? How was the episode number one? Did you like it? Did you not? Why don't you tell me? Well, I had a lot of fun on recording the episode one. It was pretty fine and it was after an amazing day of riding. As well, also today is an amazing day of riding this morning. So for me today is Sunday the 6th of October. So yeah, October the 6th. And uh, yeah, it was probably my last 2000 meter of the season cycling wise because it was already snowy and it was already super cold and yeah, I went on top of the Clausen Pass and my hands were freezing because I forgot my gloves. But this is stupidity and you know how stupidity works and usually stupidity is myself and Stefan and stupidity is always the same thing. So if you want to listen and see some stupid things, just go and head on Instagram CalamaroCC or Facebook is exactly the same or listen to this podcast that is not so stupid, it's amazing. It's actually amazing. Just go wherever you want and wherever you are listening to your usual podcast and look for Brumvagoon or for English speakers, proper one, not with the stupid Italian accent that I have. Just look for Brumwagen and enjoy all the content that I'm dropping there in this platform. In this episode, just go directly to the point. I like going directly to the point. We are going to talk with one of the usual suspects. I'm going to talk with Nelson Trees. Yes, this Nelson Trees that organizes the Silk Road mountain race. Now he decided to put together another mountain race. I'm talking about the Atlas mountain race in Morocco that is going to happen in February. I just had a chat with him, just sitting down into different continents, just to have a chat and try to understand which one is our, which ones are the peculiarities of this new adventure that he's putting together. Yeah, uh, maybe just, just to give you a bit of disclaimer, there is a bit of urban noise uh, beside uh, yeah, the voice of Nelson, but we like like this, right? We are adventure people, we are out there in the wilderness. And also urban sounds sometimes can be glad for our ears. Just listen to this episode and I will talk to you at the end. Bye-bye. Okay, people, this is second episode of the year. Probably second, I don't know, should be. And we're talking with the usual suspects here all the time. So I will not make an introduction. I will just start straight away in the conversation. Hi, Nelson, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm super good. I'm super good. I'm super happy to talk with you today. And uh, I don't know, usually I ask to people, ah, but if you want, you can make an introduction about yourself. I think anybody knows you right now, Nelson. What do you think? I don't know how many. Yeah, I've been on your podcast a couple of times. Yes, exactly. In my podcast a couple of times, in several other podcasts a couple of times. And uh, yeah, I think that's no introduction out there. Anyways, maybe I can say your surname because it's super easy and I cannot misspelling it and mispronouncing it. That's on trees, right? Yep, got that right. <laughs> I'm getting better on that. So, man, how are you doing? You're in the city. I can listen from uh, the surrounding noise that you have out there. It seems like, are you in New York or... Uh, I'm in Bishkek. Ah, you see. And what are you doing in Bishkek? Uh, sitting here talking to you and planning uh, uh, SRMR 2020. That's a great thing. So everybody out there, I think that we have already this conversation in the Silk Road Monterey's 
official podcast of 2019. It was the first episode. And we were already discussing on something new that is going to happen for the new track, the new adventure, the new race of 2020. I'm not going to ask you anything like this. I just want to ask you something like one of an impression that you have out there. Is it shaping good out there? Is your idea already in mind on the SRMR 2020? Um, it's still a work in progress. The original plan of taking everyone to the wilderness and crossing a river with a zip line, I think, is a little bit too much. Not the actual river crossing, but the track afterwards. I went out there with a the pack raft, and um, it's a little bit too intense for SRMR. I think people will hate me if I put it in the race. So. Uh, Okay, because you already received a lot of complaints about this year edition, or no, no, it's just uh, the track that I just went on is yeah, it's just far too much for SRMR really. It involves okay. a 45, 50 degree slope down some loose gravel, um, <laughs> walking through vegetation, carrying your bike over like ten kilometers of boulders. <laughs> Um, the river crossing was this, was not actually the problem. I thought that would be the major issue, but we could find a solution for that. But 30 kilometers of hiker bike and then some kind of dangerous passages, um, I don't really have a solution for that. So but you've done it. Yeah, so I, so I went out there, but I, I just wouldn't recommend anyone else going out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But you like it, right? Uh, kind of. It was a cool place. Okay. I don't okay. know how, how directly enjoyable it was, but... Um, it was nice getting out there. It's been two years that I wanted to go to that valley, and so I managed to go through. But, um, yeah, for the race, I think it's a little bit too much. Okay, 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 makes sense. Just maybe think, uh, talk about a bit um, the last edition of the Silk Road Monday Ray. It's not going to be this, the topic of this interview, but just because, you know, we spend a lot of time together. We actually spent together this adventure, you on the race director side, myself on the media car making jokes, Side, but how do you feel after the Silk Road Monterey 2019? Did you have good vibes? Did you receive good feedbacks? For sure, you are pretty keen on doing something a bit more and something a bit more interesting and even more interesting in 2020. So, this is already the motivation side, I think it's clear. But what about anything else? Um, I think the feedback was good. This year we had. I don't think I had anyone who really had any 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 negative feedback. I think there were a few places that were a little bit tough. Um, conditions make things difficult this year again, even more than last year, surprisingly, which I thought wasn't possible. But um, this time the snow hit people on Kegeti from 2,000 meters. Last year was only the top. So they got drenched lower down with a big rainstorm, and then they climbed up into snow, which was perfect. Um, but uh, yeah, there were little, there were a couple of sections that were a bit too, uh, the conditions made really tough. The uh, Tong Pass, yes, it got very icy at one point. So I think that was that was probably one of the points where the the route was a bit intense this year. Yes, yes, yes. So we'll, we'll see what we do for next year, but that kind of stuff is always um, something to look into, for sure. Yeah, but anyways, uh, you are satisfied of what what went on there. Yeah, definitely satisfied. We had uh, a lot of finishes this year. I think we had just over 50%, which for this kind of racing is always very high, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so you're thinking about making it way more tough for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I would say that 50% of this year, you define it is really high. 
30% of the year before, I would say that was kind of low. So you're going to look for something in the middle. It was definitely low. But, um, but 50% for something that's this long and difficult. If you look at other ultra-endurance races, it's generally less than 50%. So I think people just came out prepared. They were ready for it. They definitely didn't underestimate it this year. I remember last year when I was at the top of passes or difficult sections, people were kind of cursing me, half-jokingly. And this year I was expecting more of the same, but then, you know, I'd make a little comment like, oh, you know, this is it's quite tough, huh? And they'd say, oh, yeah, but uh, no, no, this is exactly what I was expecting. Everything's fine. And I was like, okay, <laughs> perfect. You know what I remember clearly? You are exactly mentioning that. Uh, so the people had, after the really difficult parts, they were cursing at you and they were offending you. This year, and I think that I truly remember, it was at the beginning, no, it was already at 3,000, 3,200 meters of the Kegeti Pass, altitude of Kegeti Pass. And we were there standing, waiting for the riders uh, in a really, really deep snow arriving out there. I don't remember who was the guy, actually. There was this uh, rider that just saw you from the distance and started shouting, Nelson, Nelson, wait there. I want to hug you. I want to hug you. So I would say that was a success. I don't remember who was it, by the way. <laughs> I can't remember. Was... Yeah, I know. I remember Klaus throwing snowballs at me at the top of Tong. That was quite good. Ah, see, see. Yeah, I remember a really weird conversation you had up there, by the way. It was very strange. He was telling me about the weather gods and the Gore-Tex god, the zipper god, the taking off and putting back on your clothes gods. There was a lot of uh, sort of weather-based religion going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Klaus was, I think that he really conducted a pretty special race, I would say. His Silk Road Monte race was really special, I would say, from the beginning till the end. Yeah, he's definitely one of the characters this year. Exactly, exactly. Cool, but okay, uh, flip the page on and let's talk about the new event. So we are talking about the Pedaled, I hope I pronounced it correct, Pedaled Atlas Mountain Race 2020. Yep. What's that? So it's kind of the sister race for Silk Road Mountain Race. Um, it takes place in Morocco. It's a little bit shorter. It's 1,145 kilometers for 20,000 meters of climbing. So mm -hmm. actually, there's a little bit more climbing per kilometer than in Kyrgyzstan. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes place from the 15th to the 22nd of February. So right, people will have to do a little bit more kilometers per day to get through it. Um, otherwise, how does it compare? I guess it's a lot drier, <laughs> mainly. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Snow and river crossings is quite a lot lower. There are okay. river crossings that we managed to find a couple. Mm -hmm. They'll only be around sort of ankle to knee deep, so no, no proper wading through rivers this time. Um, other than that, it's going to be a little bit more fast rolling. There's more tarmac, especially towards the end. Uh, the gravel's generally a bit better, but there's still plenty of tough sections. There's a little bit of hiker bike. Um, it's going to be stunning, but in a totally different way. The geography is amazing. It's just very different kind of mountains from Kyrgyzstan. Cool. Um, just wanted to talk uh, one second about uh, the and the track itself. So something like really the track and the parkour itself. So you 
told me that it's gonna be anyways more or less more uh climbing for kilometer because anyways this time the atlas monte race is 1100 uh, kilometers per 20,000 meters altitude on the other side silk road monte race is 1.7 uh yeah 1700 uh kilometers for 27 as i remember uh meters of climbing but still to accomplish actually the the cutting time for the silk road monte race was two weeks while for the atlas monte race is one week is everything because as you mentioned it's going to be a bit more rolling a bit more tarmac and a bit drier or also because we can consider it a tiny bit, if we can say that, easier and so for a different target. What do you think? Um, I think it's in between. It's definitely, it's not going to be, have the same engagement as Silver Mountain Race. There's not the same big mountains and kind of objective in, um, exposure that you get in Kyrgyzstan. But, yeah, um, I think it is, it is more accessible. It's a... There are people that could sign up for Atlas Mountain Race who would maybe be a little bit scared of coming out to Kyrgyzstan. Okay, okay, okay. So we can call it something like the first step into the mountain races. I would not say the Nelson's mountain races, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, there's only two, so it's yeah. the first step of two steps. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So first, if you want to try it out, something like to taste a bit your race organizing, just jump into the Atlas Monte Race if you don't feel prepared, and then you can jump into Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, it's a little taster of the kind of... It's the same kind of um, philosophy behind it. Taking people to beautiful places, not necessarily the easiest way to get there. There's definitely be a bit of hiking. There's going to be some tough trails. Um, but overall worth it for say, the places it takes you to. Yeah. So, but we can say that actually the, the brand lines, really the marks of your usually... Uh, you, the way that you're deciding the tracks and everything, I would consider that they are two. Some hike a bike and some river crossing. There has to be a bit of hike a bike. There has to be a bit of a river crossing. Otherwise, um, there doesn't have to be river, um, hike a bike. I don't deliberately put hike a bike in the race. But when you want to get to certain places, then you need some hike a bike. So I don't shy away from putting it in there. I think people may not enjoy it at the time, but afterwards it does, I think, add to your general feeling of satisfaction having been through that stuff. Yeah, it because tarmac and gravel and i don't think people would feel the same kind of yes because at the end of the day if you don't arrive at the highest part and maybe it's the toughest part to arrive there on top of climbs or top of passes you would not enjoy the amazing panorama the amazing environment and the amazing uh, landscape that you can find there of course you have to deserve that that uh... yeah yeah <laughs> and and also, it's a bit of a relief just making doing some chuffy chuffy into the into the river, making your feet wet in a bit of river crossing. It's fine, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so I can completely understand because we talked a couple of times about that why Kyrgyzstan for the Silk Road mountain race, but why Morocco for the Atlas mountain race? Obviously, Morocco Atlas because you know it's the mountains being there. But why you decided to make another race, and why you decided to make the other race in Morocco? Um, I think it's just a good, it complements well the other race. Um, there's a lot of similarities in some ways between Morocco and Kyrgyzstan in the same kind of, you get there's the same level of natural beauty and landscapes on the one hand. So the setting is in its own way just as good as Kyrgyzstan. Um, there's the same sort of hospitality and different culture and amazing warmth of the people when you go there. 
And those two things together, I think, are the kind of the theme that carries across from the two, the two races together. And it's being immersed in, it's cycling in somewhere you may not necessarily think of going and being immersed in a different culture that will be a little bit outside of your, your comfort zone or what you're used to. So I think it's that, that's the kind of experience that I want to share with people or, or the kind of places I want to take people to. And so that's kind of why Morocco and why another race. Another, yeah. Another to. yeah, 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 makes sense. And uh, if I, um, but you have so, was it the first time for you? So the first time that you went there was because you were already looking for making another race, or it was the other way around? You have already ridden, so you rode already uh, the the routes there, the the road and everything there in Morocco, and then you said, okay, this is the perfect place where I can make a race out. And um, so the funny, the the story for why Morocco originally was. Uh, at the end of the first SRMR, we had uh, Shonen Rich, who raced the first edition as a pair on two bikes. And this year they came back in tandem. And unfortunately, they didn't finish. I think Shona hit her head in a hostel and had to get stitches, so she dropped out. But anyway, at the end of the first edition, they came to me at the end of the race and they said, Oh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the race. Um, you totally have to do one in Morocco. We're going to send you guidebooks and maps and all the information, and please organize one in Morocco. And so at this point, I hadn't really thought about doing any other races or anything else. And I said, oh, okay, sure. I mean, send the information over. I don't know. Um, and that was probably the first, the reason why, why Morocco popped into my head for this. And then uh, I went out there to see the possibilities and scope out the terrain, talk to some other people as well, and quickly realized that this would, they were right, that it would make a really great place for a race. Okay, so you... Last year, it was the first time for you going to Morocco with the bike. You have never ridden out there before. Right, that much either, because I was planning to go. It was last Christmas, just after Christmas. So I was planning to go there. Yeah. And I had a bit of sort of stomach pain a week before the week before leaving, and I decided to finally get it checked out by the doctor. It had been a couple of weeks, and they um, told me I had appendicitis. Oh shit! And I had to get operated on the next morning. <laughs> So lucky I was the doctor, really, because I could have had that in Morocco, and that might have been uh, the end of it, really. Okay. So this means that you need to bring your bicycle in Morocco this time. Yeah, so I'm definitely bringing the bike. So okay. then I, I went out there, but I scouted mainly by car. Okay. That's also why it's going to be, I mean, it's a first edition, so there's always unknowns in a first edition, but this one a little bit more because we've driven all of the, the routes. And then we went back in May, and I was able to, to ride some of the sections, which you can't get a car on anyway. Okay. But most of it has been scouted by car, so it's it's never the same going through these tracks and on these roads in a car as it is when you are the one who's sweating and making the effort to get up these hills and over these tracks. So it's hard to gauge quite as well the difficulties and the sections that are going to be the riders are going to struggle with. Okay, okay, makes, yeah, for sure, for sure. But you are telling me that because actually I was in the car for the Silk Road Monte Race all the time and I need to bring the bicycle. I would have to. <laughs> I can understand the point. I can completely understand the point. I'm already. I'm still dreaming about some passes up there, something like the Melts Pass, and I was there saying, God, I want to have my bicycle up there. But that's another story. Uh, let's continue to talk about Morocco. Um, if you would need to recommend people to... Okay, you need to bring the, the perfect bicycle. Let's put it in the way. The perfect bicycle to ride the A... Uh, the um, Atlas Mountain Race is a mountain bike, a gravel bike, full suspension bike, 
front suspension bike, hardtail, what is that? Uh, again, it's a bit like SRMR, it's hard to say. People will come on a bit of a mix of bikes. I would probably ride, I'd say, a rigid mountain bike. Maybe 2.2 inch tires, something fast rolling. Um, I definitely have low gearing. I'd probably go with a mountain bike. Um, I think you could have front suspension. It wouldn't do you any harm. It's probably better to have suspension rather than not have it if you can. I don't think the, the drawback of an extra kilo doesn't really... For me, I mean, I'd, I'd prefer to have the extra kilo. It's a relatively short race, but it will still... You'll still feel it. It's still mm -hmm. going to hammer your body. Um, but it also depends what your budget is and what you already have. If you have a gravel bike that you can put some 650Bs on, two-inch tires, I think that's fine. Um, there's more tarmac. It's a bit faster rolling. It's a bit smoother than SRMR. You see the bikes that people come to SRMR with, so maybe a little bit more towards gravel than what most people do for that. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, not to give anybody, anyways, everybody, anybody knows when, which, what bicycle they have, and anybody knows what bicycle they can afford, and everybody knows which bi what bicycle they feel a bit more comfortable with, for sure. But probably the thing that I am understanding is that probably you would not completely suggest to go there with a full suspension bike. Uh, I don't think it's worth it. I okay. I, I just take my, uh, I take my Canyon Hardtail if I were to race it. Okay, okay, makes sense, makes sense. Also because you don't own um, uh, a gravel bike, right? So you have only mountain bikes with you. Yeah, so I just take the bike I have. Yeah, <laughs> Which this makes sense. Happens to be, for me, the perfect bike. <laughs> yeah, that's the mind distinction out there. What bicycle do I take? The one that I have. Makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> perfect. Um, just talking about the, um, the, the course there, so the track out there. Give me a bit of an overview on how is it, which one are the standing point. Give me an overview on how, which one would be, how would be the track. Um, so you leave Marrakesh and you head sort of southeast, you cross the High Atlas. So we were lucky we found a full piste, which is, well, French word for gravel road, basically. We found a full, fully gravel crossing of the High Atlas. They were building the road when we were there. Um, so you get to a 2,600 meter pass. There's a road now, should be finished. There's a gravel road right to the summit, and they plan to build a gravel road down the other side, but currently it's like a donkey track. Oh. So there's three, four kilometers of downhill, which are going to be more or less hiking. They're a bit loose. I wouldn't recommend riding all of it. I face planted myself during scouting, so I would, you know. If people want to avoid that, then maybe there's a bit of hiking on the way down. Perfect. Um, so after that, you get to the first checkpoint, which is Telwet, which is the um, where there was the Casbah for the Glowy family, which was a very powerful family during the colonial era. Wow, yeah. Fell from grace during independence because they supported French colonial rule. Mm -hmm. And so it's an amazing Casbah that's kind of falling to pieces and in ruins. It's a little sort of side notes in Moroccan history that's kind of been forgotten. Yeah. And so I'll have a checkpoint there. Uh, and then riders will carry on east, um, go through a, lump, a number of these uh, really nice sort of dry earth, red brick uh, villages. Um, then they'll carry on uh, past uh, Wazazat, kind of a big loop around Wazazat. 
And then you reach one of the, the nicest sections of the race. There's these amazing canyons with this um, old colonial road that's built along the top of the canyons. And it's yeah. just saying that there's a road there at all. And that winds away through the mountains for maybe 40, 50 kilometers. Then you finally get down to the sort of eastern corner of the route. A um, little bit of resupply there. And then head to west. And this is the whole rest of the route is in the Anti-Atlas. So it's a little bit lower altitude. Mm -hmm. The first pass was at 2,600 meters, and that was the high point of the race. Given that it's in February, it might be a bit of snow, but for the rest of the route, it's all more or less maximum around 2,000 meters, so we should be good for snow, even if it's in February. Um, eventually, they'll get to checkpoint two, which is the Aguinan Palmery, which is this amazing oasis kind of green valley with all these palm trees and uh, terraces. And riders will come down this valley, and there's just an amazing view of the top. You come out on the top of these cliffs, and there's this crazy steep road that winds through the village. Uh, we actually found this by accident during scouting. This wasn't the original planned route, but um, to get back on track, we went through this valley, and we we're like, oh crap, we, uh, we need to put this in the race. <laughs> we had no idea. We thought it was a perfectly normal road, and it turns out that no, it was like pretty amazing. Wow. Um, and then we carry on on the way towards Agadir. Uh, sec the third checkpoint is Ait Mansur, which is another oasis, another palm film valley. On the way to that, there's probably the worst bit of the race. Even from the car, you can tell that it's going to be terrible. Okay. Um, it's a riverbed that's essentially just a load of boulders at the bottom of the riverbed. We had a good look to see if we could find other ways to get to where we wanted to go to, but um, that's basically the only option. So I think there's sort of six, seven kilometers, if I remember correctly, that is going to be quite unpleasant. But yeah, totally yeah. worth it in the end. Okay, okay. And then we end up coming out of the Anti-Atlas the anti and cruise down to the coast and finish in Sidi Rabat, which is this village south of Agadir. And there's a really nice hotel there, and you just come out on this wild, white sand beaches um, on the Atlantic. So it makes for a pretty special finish. Wow, I'm already dreaming about that. There seems like yeah, I, I don't know when you you were talked about yeah the, the really uh, old Casbah, and when you were talking about these villages of red bricks, I was thinking about yeah, that's Morocco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. It really is. Oh, you already, um, okay, you already something like uh, design, draw a bit all around which one are going to be the stunning parts and which one are going to be the really tough ones. Let's go a bit more deep on that. Which one is, if you can choose one single spot that you would say here, people are going to just drop the bicycle and wait there just to absorb all the beauty that is going to be around. So which this spot is going to be standing. And the other one, where do you think you're going to receive a lot of messages with yourself being cursed by people on the road? The second one, I think you already mentioned, but you can go a bit deeper on that. Second one is definitely the riverbed, I think. Um, there's another couple of points, but probably the riverbed is the bit that people hate. Uh, in terms of the most beautiful section, uh, just after Tagmut, there's this another old colonial road that I think until about maybe 10, 15 years ago, people actually took with cars, but there's two sections that are washed out now, so it's completely undrivable. Hmm. Uh, for the race, we'll just go past those two sections and we'll carry on riding, so there's no problem. But this road is just 
absolutely stunning. I think it's it's in the um, the teaser. It's the road you see with this um, sort of a dry stone wall. It's all hand built, and instead of digging into the mountain, they just built up this wall, filled it in, and, and built a road. Okay. And it just winds its way through these crazy, dry, arid-looking mountains, and you just wonder how the hell anyone ever built a road here. It's just really, really stunning. Like it's it's a pretty amazing place, and it's kind of collapsing in places. There's like half the road's gone in places. It's just this really kind of cool place. I think that definitely. If people don't stop for a photo, I'd be surprised. Okay, okay, yeah. It sounds it really sounds already super, super stunding. But what about the desert? Morocco, there is a desert in Morocco. Are you also going there with your race? or? So we generally go through the... There's two kinds of deserts. There's the kind of dry and rocky deserts. And so we do a lot more of that. We don't actually go to the sand dunes. So this may be in a future edition. We'll actually go towards the, like, the real classic sandy deserts but at the moment it's more mountainous and rocky okay okay cool well uh, i would say that is an amazing overview but uh, out there to everybody if you want to have a bit more all details of the map and of everything just head up to the website uh, atlasmountainrace.cc and uh, there you're going to find all the details as usual, the commute track with all the highlights and the points out there. And there's going to be more or less the things that Nelson said, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Totally perfect. 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 Uh, well, I would say that we are almost there. Do you want to add anything? Something like, I think that probably something that is worth it to add is about how the subscription work the subscription the subscribing process works yep so registration is currently open it will open until the 16th of october you can head straight to atlasmountainrace.cc and there's a link to our partner partner our partner, our partner adventure adventure.cc and they okay. did a entry um, system for us so you click on this, the link, there's a link register here, uh, fill out your details, answer a few questions, um, get that in before the 16th of October, and uh, we'll get back to you on the 23rd of October, telling you whether you've got a spot or not. Uh, we're going to see how it's going to work exactly. I think we're already pretty much oversubscribed, but <laughs> we will see how we do it. We'll definitely put a system in place that will be fair to everyone, if you have the necessary um, experience then we'll probably do a, um, a lucky draw or something like that so that everyone ah, okay. has a chance. because you have already in mind an idea of how many people uh, you want actually to start the race do you have already a fixed number or it's going to be flexible how does it work um it's kind of flexible we'll see how many applications we get by the end of it and then depending on that um we'll decide how many we actually accept uh the race infrastructure we can always add we can always add to, so it is possible to make it more, but then I still think we want to limit it to to keep the experience, especially in the first edition, a little bit more limited, a little bit more a smaller group. So, I mean, it'll definitely be, I don't know, between 100 and 150 people, I guess, max. Okay, okay, cool. And the, so the pre-registration part, when is going to hand? So it's going to take till? Uh, 16th of October. Perfect. Okay. So yeah, 16th of October for the last day. And after that, also because something that I want to probably point on that one second, highlight the point. Um, so in order to take part to the race, you have to pre-subscribe and then all the application are going to be reviewed 
manually, anyways, something like personally, humanly, by yourself, right? It's not that actually there's going to be everybody will take power that will apply, will take part or whatever. You need to check there if there are the skills, if there is the potential for people to participate and things like this. Yeah, for sure. We're gonna, we, we ask some questions on the manual. We ask some questions about experience. A little bit like the Facilco Mountain Race, you asked a few situational questions. What you would do if you get into a tough situation, say you're wet and cold, falling in a river, this kind of stuff. Although not, yeah, the risk of falling in a river is pretty low. But um, yeah, basically mountain skills. So as long as you demonstrate you have that experience, then then yes, you'll be, you'll be at least in the lucky draw. So I'll review them all manually. And then uh, that will be done by the 23rd of October. And then we'll send an email out to everyone telling them if they got a spot or not, basically. So by the end of October, everybody would know if they're going to take part or not in February to the Atlas Motor Race. Yeah. So the 23rd of October, we'll send the emails out. I think then they'll have a week to pay the entry fee. And then we'll be 100% certain of who's coming and who's not. Uh, we wanted to do it relatively quickly. It was open to a bit longer originally, but we shortened it so that people have a chance to know earlier and so they can book tickets before everything gets too expensive. No, no, no. It makes, yeah, it makes completely, completely, completely sense. Uh, yes, I think that I had another question in mind, but as usual, I forgot about that. I need to take notes of these things. But anyways, uh, ah, yeah, that's the question that I want to make and is another one to finish out there is... How can actually, so everything for sure, we're going to hear and listen a bit more about the race in the following month and everything, but how people will follow. So how are you going to cover, media cover the race this year? Uh, it's going to be similar to Silk Road Mountain Race. We'll have the main channel is Instagram. Uh, we'll also be on Facebook. Uh, we're planning a podcast, so we'll need to discuss details of that, but I think we'll be doing a podcast uh, we'll have several control cars with photographers and video plans are also ongoing. We're not sure yet exactly what we're doing, but um, we're currently putting media plans in place. But yeah, not to worry, there's plenty of coverage. We'll be bringing, we'll be sharing that story with everyone uh, pretty much live. Internet's better, more accessible in Morocco, so make it our job yeah just i want to just stress on one point out there because i got a lot of feedback from people out there all a lot of friends also people following me or whatever everybody told me and i think that you got exactly the same feedback then the videos from uh, the silk road mountain race was were truly 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 good because it was not only an overview on how the race was going like in pro cycling or whatever but it was really a good deep dive into the life of people out there really a casual and social thing so yeah just to tell you i just want to give you this feedback that i received directly to you passed to you it was actually all your ideas and stuff on that side and i want to do it on record so i would say that probably this one if you could do it would be an amazing point on this coverage that, that was what we were going for we yes. the, the documentary in the first edition of the race was great but it was very much about the race which i think is, is was a really good perspective as well but Given that Kyrgyzstan was this destination that many people don't know much about, I thought it was important to try and highlight that and talk more about that. But we had plenty of other channels to show how the race was going, who was winning, what was happening. So I thought it was good to kind of bring this local perspective and combine it with the race. So we'll be trying to do similar kind of things as well.
Great, great. Ah, just want, uh, this was the question actually that I wanted to ask you that I forgot. We were talking, um, we were talking about uh, the race itself, the track itself, also um, how people can participate or whatever. And if I can make another comparison, I truly remember that we talked about that how the security and safety facilities in Kyrgyzstan were a bit complicated because, anyways, there are not so many roads and the helicopter of the national helicopter there for safety was not working this year and all actually for example somebody would just uh, push the l button or things like this we um the organization should have sent them something like can a, a private driver to pick them up and blah 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 how is it going to be also for the atlas mountain race is going to be exactly the same or you think it's going to be something different so mainly the main question here is how the headquarter tasks look like for the atlas mountain race uh we're going to keep things relatively similar to um what we did in kyrgyzstan um planning is still ongoing i know that in morocco things are more developed on this side they have helicopters emergency services are better uh, more of the race is accessible it's not as wild it's not as remote but i think that we will still have one medic car as a backup um, the local partners we're talking to were still recommending that um, but the local services that already exist in place will already be will be much much better prepared to deal with the kind of emergencies that we might have. There's going to be a bit of a combination. Okay. But for sure, we'll still have a 24/7 HQ. We'll still have a medic car. The control cars will still be briefed on all this kind of stuff as well. So there will still be that backup, but we'll probably work more closely with the local authorities on this kind of stuff. Okay. Cool. Because in basically a case of we bring people to to uh, Bishkek if there's an issue here I think there's a, there's a few more options for that Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I think that you actually pardon me on that, but I'm a bit rusty, as I was telling you. So, uh, and really, in our conversation, question comes into my mind while we are talking, and uh, I need to jump back in another question that I wanted to ask you. How is it going to be, by the way, the support from the locals? I don't know um, institutions, or you talked about guys that you are talking with, or whatever. And how are they? reacting how are the are people reacting listening that you're organizing this race in morocco well i think it's it's funny it's quite different from kyrgyzstan because morocco has a very well established tourist industry there are plenty of events that happen in morocco already um mm-hmm. the local part we have helps organize a bunch of rallies so there's a lot of stuff with cars going on it's true loads of different rallies all kinds of events so we're not directly in contact with the Ministry of Tourism like we were with Kyrgyzstan mm-hmm. where they were just saying, oh wow you're doing an event that's awesome let's <laughs> let's how can we help um, in this case there's actual procedures to follow we need to apply for a visa for the race there's all kinds of things to put in place in Kyrgyzstan it was very much just there aren't many events happening here so they were just happy uh, in Morocco it's one event among quite a few others yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, okay. It makes a lot of sense. And actually, now that you are mentioning, I think that the Paris Dakar was going through Morocco as well. Uh, I'm not sure. There's there's lots, lots of rallies. There's, there's quite a few. Now they moved everything in uh, in South America for sure. But I truly remember that, yeah, you're right. They were going to the Sahara Desert and they were passing by there for sure. So, yeah, for sure, it's uh, the big difference out there is the 
yeah, the big difference out there between Kyrgyzstan and Morocco is actually the development of the tourist in the tourism interest industry that is quite yeah, 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 yeah. There are ambulances in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. They're running super fast, by the way, anyway, so, yeah. Cool, Nelson. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, I think that's it. That's pretty much it, yeah. Cool. So, something that I would add here is just stay tuned on the website, Atlas Monte Race. You are still, as I'm making my calculation correct, you have people out there still one week in order to pre-register for the event. So just head to the atlasmonterace.cc. Have a look to everything this out there. There you're going to find also the social media that probably, yes, you can have a look to the social media. It probably I can mention as well. Uh, Instagram, that is Atlas Monterrace, obviously. And Facebook, it's Atlas Monterrace. What a surprise. But all the information are out there in the, on the website and all the information on the track and everything like this. I yeah. made your job on that, Nelson. Websites, there's a download the race manual, have a look through, see if it's something you could be interested in, check out the routes, watch the teaser, and uh, we're pretty much good to go. We'll yeah, by the way, the video is cool. Uh, it's a lot of uh, drones shooting out there. Yeah, it's basically a bunch of drone shots, which yes. always makes places look nice. Yes, yes, yes. And as usual, the manual, the race manual is pretty good details. You're going to find all the details out there. You're going to have a great idea on how the race is going to be. Yeah, you'll know what you're, you're in for. A little bit more unknowns because it's a new race, but you should still have a pretty good idea. Yeah, anyways, it's first edition and a lot of things are going to change between the first. Ah, how many people do you think are going uh, are gonna to finish the race? Do we have a rate percentage in mind? 50%? Uh, 50% would be good. <laughs> okay. It depends how well prepared people are. I think we will, just because of what I said, that it's shorter, faster rolling, a little bit smoother, and people will still just think that fundamentally it's an easier race, I think people will probably underestimate it a bit. It's going to be tough, for sure. Mm. It's not got the same exposure and kind of engagement as SRMR, but it's it's not easy. It's yeah. hard being out there. There's a lot of climbing, and it's dry. Water will be more of an issue. But yeah, people struggle. I think uh, yeah. people that will be not expecting it to be quite so tough. Yeah, you know which one is another variable that I was thinking that is going to make this race even a bit more tough than usual? The time of the year is going to be in February. So usually, okay, Silk Road Mountain Race and all the other races anyways are in summertime. Silk Road Mountain Race is the end of summer, August. And usually at that time, in terms of training or whatever, you're in the peak of your form. But February is going to be also tough get trained for that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about the training side of things. I was thinking more about weather and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, it's early in the season. Very, very early. It's very early in the season. And uh, okay, if you live, I don't know, in uh, California, you live in south of Spain or whatever, it's not a problem. You can still go out and make your adventure with, as well, camping and long rides and multi-day rides in order to get prepared out of that. But if you live in Europe or, for example, in Switzerland or, I don't know, in Germany or whatever, it's going to be a lot of riding indoor in, on the trainer in order to get ready for that. And I cannot really imagine something like a multi-day stage inside of your living room there camping on your sofa and stuff like this. But still, this is a variable. But it also makes for a nice break from the 
rain and cold and misery of um, winter in Europe. Yes, yes. And then when you jump back in Europe, you would say, okay, winter is over. <laughs> and it's not. Boom, back to winter. Yeah, exactly. Jumping back on winter straight away. Cool, Nelson. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. Enjoy Bishkek and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, talk to you soon. Bye. And thanks, Nelson. I can really tell you, people, that I'm dreaming about the two... Uh, pronunciation, and now French is around there as well. Telue, aha, I got it. I'm dreaming about the Telue Casbah since when we talked about that. I can't wait to see all the images on the Instagram, social media, and stuff that you are dropping around. By the way, people out there, registration, pre-subscribing is almost over. Just one week before everything will close and then it's time for deciding. So please head to the atlasmountainrace.cc and make your subscription because for sure it's gonna be a great adventure. And because I actually was there, I was present in the Silk Road Mountain Race, I can completely say that usually Nelson knows something about adventure and amazing parkour. Well, thanks a lot for listening as usual and just this is a request if you really want to support us, I mean us, myself and Simon that are behind this podcast, just consider to go to iTunes, look for Brunwagen, review and rate the podcast. It will bring us a bit high in the ratings and in the charts, and this would be great help for us, and also would be a good idea, you know, on how what people think about it, which one are the good episodes, the bad episodes and everything. It's everything written there. And it's a good feedback for us and it's a great support for us. Otherwise, just remember that you can always send us feedback just writing at hello at calamaro.cc or just going on the social media, look for calamaro.cc on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is my main channel and just subscribe or whatever it is follow or send us messages whatever please you better next week another episode for now just goodbye to everybody and talk to you soon ciao